Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full time fantasy. Full time fantasy. It is full time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here today, taking you up until 4 p.m. Eastern. Lots ahead here in this hour, talking some fantasy baseball and fantasy football with one of the top high stakes players around, John Rojek. He will join me at 3.20 p.m. Eastern to talk about a recent online championship draft that he took part in at the Fantasy Football World Championship. So we'll get into his mind and get his strategy as he built his team, his thoughts on some players for the upcoming season. We'll get you lineups for the night games as well. Don't forget, you can find all my work at fulltimefantasy.com. And if you use the promo code RONUS50, it gets you 50% off your first two months. And it's a good time to join as we get ready for the football season. We'll have our preseason pro picks. And those are really valuable for myself, Dr. Otto, Sean Child, and some of the high-stakes players around looking at our breakouts, our sleepers, our busts. So you want to check those out. Those will be coming out. We'll have our rankings and a ton of content already. Sean Child delivering his in-depth team outlooks. His latest is a look at the Los Angeles Rams. He's almost complete with every team. And if you have any specific questions on draft strategy, player comparisons, trades, we will answer them on the message boards and the forums. Also, you could take a look at my Fantasy Baseball Weekly Stockwatch just posted right now. Looking at some players that are on the rise and on the decline and what you should do with them. Of course, we also have DFS. Uh, look at today's slate for baseball. Look at the UFC golf as well. Uh, so an optimizer for baseball. So plenty of ways to win money with us. And if you want to hop in a draft, play FFWC.com. We've got an online championship draft tonight. So you're going to hear John talk about his draft. You're going to get pumped up. You're going to want to draft. And you get that opportunity tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at PlayFFWC.com. We also have best ball drafts, full season drafts. So there's different price points, different uh, formats. And, of course, the World Championships. Uh, you can do it online or live in Vegas. And suggest, if you can, come out to Vegas. Join us at the Palms. Always a good time. Uh, we have parties, drafts. We watch NFL games to kick off week one on Sundays. So it's a really good time. I've been out there the last two years. And always one of the things I look forward to each and every season. So come join us and be a part of it. Uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, top things going on in baseball right now. Uh, Raphael Devers just continues to tear it up. And, you know, there was some talk about him in the spring potentially hitting third in that lineup. And, you know, you knew that was going to be a good spot. He didn't start there. But uh, as I've mentioned many times with third base, man, it was just it was difficult to to rank the third baseman. There were so many good ones. And, like, I kept looking. And I'm like, oh, I want to move Devers up. But, you know, who do I move down? 
and he has just been an absolute stud. Another huge game yesterday for him, and hitting second in the order yesterday. Andrew Benatendi's really struggled, uh, and Devers went four for five with six RBIs and two home runs. So now has 14 home runs on the year. He had 21 last year in 121 games, 64 runs, 56 RBIs, which is 10 behind his total of last year. And here's the other thing. Eight stolen bases. This guy's stolen eight bases. And you're like, oh, it's not a lot. It matters. Now, he has gotten caught five times. So he's 8 of 13, not great efficiency. He had five last year. He did have a minor league season where he stole 18. That was in high A. Really didn't run much, though, in double A AA or triple A. But uh, he's running this year, too. I mean, there's a good chance he gets to 12, 13, 14 stolen bases. And that is valuable. Anytime you can get those double-digit stolen bases from uh, – anyone that gives you the power and average he does it's valuable i mean it's extremely valuable and you know he's cut down on the strikeouts he's gone from 24.7 percent strikeout rate to 16.1 percent he's hitting 329 after he had 240 last year now 365 batting average on balls in play has fueled that a little bit his career mark is 324 so it is a little bit higher but remember this guy's 22 years old i think that's what people forget you know last year was his 21 year old season playing in boston and it was his first full season in the big leagues. We saw 58 games from him in 2017 when he looked good. And, you know, adjustments are made. It's not like he had a bad year last year. He's 21 and 66 and 121 games. Not bad. The 240 average, obviously, not very appealing. But we knew this guy was a, a good prospect. And uh, it's taken him not too long, uh, considering he's 22. But it's been a really good year. I mean, he went 10th, 11th round in a lot of drafts. Uh, now, the hard hit rate is not up significantly, and his fly ball rate is not up significantly. So uh, that's the one thing. But uh, just a, in a good lineup, and he is producing, getting it done. He's been one of the better values in a, another big game yesterday for Devers, who continues to rake for Boston. Uh, got a solid start for David Price. He went six innings with two earned runs, four walks, seven strikeouts. His area is 3.33, so that's very good at with uh, all the pitchers and the troubles that they're having right now. So, uh, you know, Price was someone that I think people were worried about a little bit with injuries and everything, but he's been uh, pretty solid. I used Danny Jansen last night in DFS, and it was really because he was one of the cheaper catchers that are starting, and he had three hits, he homered, and uh, he's actually heated up a little bit. Ten hits and three or months in his last seven games, and he hasn't struck out either, so... He, look, he has been bad. Danny Jansen, in most people's rankings, was a top 10 catcher pretty much across the board. Uh, we know the position was not very strong going into the season, although there have actually been quite a few catchers that have been coming off the waiver wire that have been really productive. But Jansen is hitting 196 with five homers and 22 RBIs. And he was probably cut in a lot of leagues, and he was probably cut multiple times. I mean, I know in a league... I don't think I drafted him anywhere. I mean, he was on my radar, but I don't think I drafted him. But I did pick him up and drop him in a league. You know, I've been picking up Francisco Mejia quite a bit, Chance Cisco here or there. So I've kind of been churning, you know, that capture spot in leagues where, you know, I don't have that one good one. You know, I did draft Wilson Contreras in several leagues, and that's been good. Uh, picked up Josh Fegley off the waiver wire in a league. Uh, but I, I picked up Mejia quite a bit, so... You know, I'll, I'll quickly churn and take a chance on those catchers. You know, was able to get James McCann early on uh, when he was producing. So, you know, there actually has been quite a few decent catchers coming off the wave wire. Now, 
It was a better month in June for Jansen. He hit 182 in March and April, 143 in May. In June, 246, two homers, 10 RBIs. Still not great, but if he is available on the way for wire in a league where you start two catchers, maybe you could start to look at him. It has been a little bit of an up-and-down season for Jose Martinez, and it's really all opportunity-based with Jose Martinez. You know, Coming into the year, you looked at the way the Cardinals were set up, and you said, okay, where is Jose Martinez going to play? With Paul Goldschmidt being brought in in a trade, that eliminated first base. And you looked at that outfield, and you're like, is he going to get an opportunity to play? He's also not a great defender. You really don't want him in the outfield. He's more of a DH. Uh, so he wasn't getting many at-bats to start the year. Then he did, and he was on fire. Then he cooled off, and then he went back to the bench. But he has been starting once again consistently. And I did draft him in the reserve rounds, I think, of an NFBC auction. But I had to cut him. And you know, if you've listened, and I've talked about that team quite a bit. I've just been hammered with injuries, and we don't have aisle spots in that league. So you have to make some cuts. He was one of them. But in our uh, GST league, which is also 15 teams, we don't have IL spots there either. But I guess I've been fortunate enough uh, uh, doing very well in that league, even though my pitching has taken a little bit of a hit lately. Had Matt Strom in the lineup last night. That didn't help. But I've held on to Martinez. You know, He's got that flexibility of playing first base and outfield. And I did put him in the lineup this week because you could see the trend of him getting more at-bats. And yesterday against the left-handed pitcher, he hit a couple of home runs, and, you know, he's going to be hitting in the middle of the order. I think he needs to be owned in all leagues right now in case he was dropped. Uh, he's hitting 285 on the season with seven homers, 30 RBIs, and 80 games. So, you know, whenever he's gotten the opportunity to play, he's done well. He's a career 304 hitter, and the Cardinals are really struggling right now. You know, Matt Carpenter was placed on the injured list, which was kind of weird because I see that he was dealing with a stomach ailment last week. Then they said he went on the injury list with a back injury. I thought he had mud butt all week, you know, missing all those games. And then to see him go on the injury list with a back injury was a little bit surprising. But Carpenter's been one of the more disappointing players last year. And last year, at this time, we were kind of saying the same things about Carpenter. And then he went on an absolute tear uh, to finish this season with 36 homers and 81 RBIs. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, he did it last year. It doesn't mean they're going to do it this year. And, you know, if that back is really bothering him, it's a problem. Now, his strikeout and walk rates are right in line with last year. Uh, the average is down. I mean, he's never been a big average guy, at least over the last couple of years. He is a career 270 hitter, but he was 257 last year, 241 the year before. And if you got a back injury, it's a problem. You know, you really can't drive the ball. And uh, the thing is, is Carpenter still has that high fly ball rate and the hard hit rate. Still good, not what it was last year, but it certainly looks like last year was a career year where he got hot, and uh, if you paid for that, uh, it's not working out well for you. Carpenter's been a, a big disappointment, but they kind of need Martinez right now. You know, Dexter Fowler's cooled off. Harrison Bader hasn't done much. Marcel Zunas on the injury list. A lot of things have gone wrong for the Cardinals. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, too. You know, he has not hit, and I, I did pay for him in two auctions, and uh, it's terrible right now. Now, Goldschmidt, again, did this last year as well and finished strong, and he is changing teams, going from the Diamondbacks to the Cardinals. We do see that those uh, players tend to struggle when they change teams. But, uh, you know, that I, I, I am a little concerned for his second half. 
We have seen a couple of starting pitchers turn it around. Uh, one is Aaron Nola. I think a lot of people were concerned about Aaron Nola. And, you know, the thing is, usually when you have these ace pitchers that you take early on, a lot of times you have to roll with them. You know, you're if you're looking to trade them when they're pitching poorly, you're just not going to get a proper return. And with Nola, you know, a lot of the underlying numbers were not awful. I mean, again, like most pitchers, more home runs were being allowed. Uh, there was a little bit of bad luck in the BABIP and the strand rate. Uh, but Nola definitely has looked a lot better over his last few starts, and the Phillies certainly need him as they uh, trail in the NL East, uh, the Braves, by four and a half games. And they're going to need Nola to really anchor this staff if they're going to make a run to try and win the division or at least make the wild card. But uh, really impressive performance for Aaron Nola last night uh, as he's been rolling over his last three starts. He has 28 strikeouts in 23 innings, and he has allowed one earned run. So if you stayed patient with Aaron Nola, you are being rewarded right now. Uh, it's at least eight strikeouts and three straight starts. He had 10 strikeouts against the Mets, 10 strikeouts against Miami, and against a good Atlanta team in that ballpark last night. He went eight innings, allowed four hits, no runs, three walks, and eight Ks. Big-time performance. And then Hector Neris nailed it down with a save. You know, he did have a blown save against the Mets, but Neris has been really good this year. Uh, and another example of, you know, if you act early, you can kind of find those closers off to the waiver wire. I was fortunate enough to get Neris in about three to four leagues because I just acted quickly. You know, I saw the struggles of David Robertson and uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and Neris had that closer experience and finished the season strong last year, so I was able to go out there and get him. There were a couple performances, uh, and Joe Musgrove was one for yesterday. He was rolling. Uh, and I wrote about him in the stock watch. You can check that out. Three scoreless innings, four strikeouts, one hit against the Cubs. And then the rain came, and he did not come back after that rain delay, which was really unfortunate because Musgrove, over his last few starts, has really picked it up. The velocity's up. He's getting more swings and misses. He's not walking anyone. So it's been a roller coaster ride for Musgrove. He was great the first month, terrible in May, and he has picked it back up. So. Uh, someone I think that can really help you out. And Patrick Corbin also is another guy that has really stepped it up. And they had a rain delay in Washington yesterday, but he did come back, uh, which is a little bit surprising. But Corbin obviously pitching with a heavy heart. He was very close to Tyler Skaggs. He wore the number 45 in honor of Skaggs yesterday. And he went out there and delivered a really good performance. Uh, should have been in line for the win, but the bullpen couldn't hold it. Washington did eventually win it in walk-off fashion in the bottom of the ninth. But Corbin, with uh, a very strong start, seven innings, six hits, one run, no walks, and seven Ks, he went through a stretch where he was terrible, 16 runs over a 12-inning span. But since that time, three starts, he's gone 21 innings, allowed just 13 hits, three earned runs, four walks, 24 strikeouts. So he's rebound rebounded in a big way. Now has a 3-5-5 ERA on the season and a 7-5. And, and it was really rough yesterday to, to see the Angels go out and play. You know, they did win. Uh, caught the press conference after the game. And Mike Trout could barely speak, fighting through tears. And just a real tragic uh, incident there for the Angels. And uh, it's going to be really tough for them to move on. And we've seen a lot of these tragic deaths, deaths unfortunately, in baseball over the last few years. But Corbin honoring his uh teammate and good friend uh you see you mentioned Skaggs was at his wedding here in the offseason but Corbin uh with a, a good performance there to bounce back and, and help his fantasy owners yesterday despite not getting the win 
Alberto Mondesi was back off the injury list yesterday. He was in the lineup. He homered in his first game back. So uh, that, that was a, a good thing there. Jake Odorizzi landed on the injured list. He is dealing with a blister. And look, Odorizzi was not going to continue to pitch the level he did. It was just ridiculous. And he has struggled a little bit now. He's allowed 17 runs in his last four starts. Still has a 3-1-5 ERA. But you knew that it was going to get a little bit bad for him as uh, a lot of those underlying numbers said that he was overachieving. And how about Andrew Benatendi, man? He's been one of the early see early round busts, man. Three more strikeouts yesterday. He was hitless. Uh, he's been sitting against some lefties. You got to hope that the all-star break helps him because, man, this has just been bad for Benintendi. Uh, he's just not producing to the level where you drafted him. You know, you expected a lot more. I mean, a lot of people were expecting – you know, a uh, 2020 season from him, and uh, he's just not there right now. He just looks lost at the plate. So, you know, the Red Sox obviously have to make a push for that wild card. You have to hope that Benintendi can turn it around because right now uh, he's hurting fantasy teams. Just seven homers, 36 RBIs. Does have eight steals, but you expect it better. When we return, we'll be joined by the high-stakes player, John Rozak, talking about a draft he participated in last week. That's next here on Full-Time Fantasy. following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 immediately. That's 800-955-3793. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-3793 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-3793. That's 800-955-3793. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 for your free author submission kit. Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And joining me now, it is one of the top high-stakes players around, John Rozek. He was part of a Fantasy Football World Championship online championship on June 28th, picking number four. We're going to talk to him about that draft. John, thanks for joining me today. How are you? 
Good. Thanks, Adam. Glad to uh, glad to be on. There. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now you've had a lot of success in the high stakes world. What are some of the things you attribute uh, for all the success that you've had? What is? I mean, I don't want you to give away your secrets, but why has it gone well for you? What have you done successfully? Um, it's all luck. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I've just uh, done a good job of putting together good teams, and uh, I'm always willing to be kind of a high-risk, high-reward type strategy on there, which is kind of what you need once you get to the uh, the shootouts and the final playoffs. It's the, you know, you need a, a team that can blow up. So I just think I've uh, managed to, or not afraid, to put together some of those teams. Now, people often ask, like, what's more important, the draft, the working, the wave wire? And obviously both are important, but – from your experience, what do you seem to be better at? Are you a better drafter or better working in waiver? I'm sure, obviously, you're good at both, but if you had to say which one has been more integral in, in having success, which one is a little bit more important than the other? Um, well, Alexander, I think both are. It's hard to say one is more important than the other. I think the draft is very important for you to get off to a good start to the season and kind of get – through the first weeks and then later as it goes on, the free agency is much more important. And that's where you kind of make those, you know, mid to late season pickups that are kind of the difference makers once you get to the end of the season. Now you play in a multitude of leagues. Do you have the philosophy of diversifying? Uh, you know, you might have a, a few players that you feel are going to break out or are great values, but when you play in so many leagues, is it wise to kind of diversify a little bit just in case some of those players that you expect to have big years get hurt? Uh, yeah, I think I definitely do. But you're going in first, you know, maybe six or eight rounds where you're kind of building that core you want to diversify. And then as you get later on, it, you know, I think I tend to find myself drafting many of the same guys, you know, guys we all think are going to break out. Um, but definitely try to throw in a, a little bit of variety here and there. Now you were picking fourth overall in this 12-team league, and for those that are not familiar with this format, uh, it's a 20-round draft, 12 teams, PPR. What's different is we have the extra flex spot. So it's one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, two flex spots, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. Uh, what do you like about having that extra flex spot? Uh, I think it just uh, benefits the, the better players because it kind of forces you to be – deeper at the position players, particularly at receiver and, and running back. So, you know, it, it just helps out the better players at that bottom end of the uh, the roster and your starting points each week. Now, in this draft, you had the fourth overall pick, took Alvin Kamara. Is that just like an easy pick this year where it's like, all right, whatever running back falls, because we're pretty much seeing in almost every draft that it's four running backs to start, whether it's McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, or Kamara, whatever order it is in. Is there any way that you pass on one of those running backs and, and take someone else, or do you think it's pretty much locked in, uh, those are the top four, and you just take whoever is remaining at four? Uh, I think it's pretty much you take uh, what's remaining at four. I mean, the only thing that might throw a wrench into that is, you know, if Elliott does get a game or two suspension, you know, then you might see, you know, someone else, you know, Hopkins or Johnson, someone else kind of sneaking in there. But other than that, I think it's, you know, 90-plus percent of the drafts are probably going to go that way. Well, I know you're at work, but this news broke about mm, 40 minutes ago. Ezekiel Elliott will not be suspended, the NFL announced. Oh, well, then it's uh, maybe 95% of the time we're going to end up up there. Then. <laughs> do you have uh, one? Who do you have number one on your board right now? Is it is it clear cut? Does it change? Who do you have number one on your board? 
Uh, I've got Barkley. Well, and I think he's got the, the highest upside. McCaffrey, you know, scored him and certainly has the potential to, but I think Barkley's probably the only one that can kind of, you know, throw up some of those LT type numbers. You know, if he, one of these years he's going to, it's just a matter of when. Talking with John Rozek, one of the top high stake players around. We're talking about his draft. He picked from number four in this online championship draft, started Alvin Kamara, came back with Mike Evans in round two. Uh, was this uh, an easy pick for you? Did you debate it? You know, players that went after him were Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper. Uh, was this an easy call when your pick came up, or did you debate this pick? Um, it was fairly easy in terms of position. You know, once you get past, like, Early and Cook and everything, there's a, a drop in the running backs, but I was kind of between um, Evans and Hilton and I can almost flip a coin between the two of them at point in there, so I could have easily gone um, either way, but probably between those two guys. Round three, you got Zach Ertz. So, you know, this I've seen a lot of drafts where the two, three tight ends go in the first two rounds early third. In this draft, we saw Kelsey go at 13, and then another tight end didn't go until you came on the board at round three. Was this a case of you felt it was good value are you one of those that feels like you want to get one of those elite tight ends this year, the top three tight ends? You know, what was your outlook here on the tight end position in general and why you took Ertz in this spot? Yeah, this is probably one of the more difficult picks in there and probably one I you know, might do maybe a third of the time, depending on teams that I've got in there. I think they're the top three are a clear-cut top three. But particularly in this format with you need to get so deep at, you know, running back and receiver with a flex, I think it makes it a bit more difficult so at the end of the day i guess just went through in this one i'll take the upside with the tight end but you know i debated basically a handful of guys that went you know the next six or seven guys outside of kittle went after me i debated all of them with that pick yeah it seemed like uh, that's the way i kind of was looking and i was like he's probably sitting there like i don't know i didn't think Ertz was going to be there uh, maybe i take a shot and like you said when you play in a lot of drafts you diversify a little bit and you know if Ertz can come close to what he did last year it'll look like a really good pick Round four, uh, you went with Tyreek Hill, and we know that there's a potential suspension, and there was some word out the other day that it might not be that bad. It could be four games. Who knows with the reporting and what's going on? Uh, but did that news leak, and did you know that at the time? Or is this just a case of, you know what, even if he gets a suspension, you know this could be a league-winning pick, and you were confident enough in your abilities to find a replacement while Tyreek Hill was out? Um, I had heard about the news on there that was looking like it was going to be four games, but you know, this is, like you said, it's one of the, the high risk, high reward picks at the end of the year. I think you can go back and it, this is probably not going to be an okay pick. It's either going to be a, a great pick because he's only got three or four games and comes back or an awful pick because he gets eight games or more. And then, you know, I just wasted a spot. <laughs> if he gets eight games, where do you think is the appropriate spot? to draft him what round would you say yeah i can draft him here and overcome this i don't know probably you know somewhere between i think he would probably go round six to eight in a lot of you know as we get to vegas and stuff like that and a lot of it depends on you know how i guess safe or strong the rest of your roster is that's probably where i would start to look at him in some of those leagues now in the next round you followed up with sammy watkins was this uh, because you took Tyreek Hill, or do you feel like even with Tyreek Hill on the field, Sammy Watkins can finally have that big year that a lot of us have been waiting for for a long time? Um, basically, either way, I mean, I like Watkins in the fifth year. I think even if Hill is there, I think Watkins can easily put up 
wide receiver two numbers in that offense. And I guess it was a little bit of a hedge if, you know, Hill is out for those four games, you know, Watkins should, you know, far produce that spot for at least those games. So it was a, it was a combination of both. Joined by John Rozak, one of the top high-stakes players around. We're discussing a draft he participated in at the Fantasy Football World Championships, an online championship draft from last week. Round six, you took Corey Davis, and you know the talent is is there. It's the offense. It's Marcus Mariota. Uh, could it be different this year for Corey Davis? Could he have that big year? Uh, it seems like you're a little bit optimistic, at least, taking him here in round six as a 33rd wide receiver off the board. Yeah, I'm on there. I'm kind of stubborn on Davis. I was very high on him coming out of uh, college and thought he had a good chance you know, to break out right away, but he hasn't. Um, I think he's shown flashes, and at the end of last season, he had some uh, good games late in the season on there. So this was just another one of those, you know, could be high-risk, high-reward type uh, fix it in there. But, but I like his situation. The only thing that's on there is Mariota is the only thing that kind of scares me a bit with that. Uh, Kiki Cutie, who was really impressive last year when he was on the field, you took him around seven. Will Fuller went to pick before, and we were talking yesterday on the show, uh, myself and Dr. Roto, we were trying to figure out, all right, can can all can Cutie, Fuller, and Hopkins all put up big years? Do you first of all, do you think they all can be fantasy relevant? Because in this draft, they're all taken as you know uh, t- in the top thirty-six. So, do you think they all can put up big numbers, or do you think QT is the guy and not Fuller? Um, I think the alchemy fantasy relevant. I think your T is going to be a bit more consistent week to week. I think Fuller is going to rely a bit more on the big play on there. So he's, I think he's going to have, you know, a few like huge monster type weeks and a few nothing type weeks. So I think that's on there where QT, I think he's going to be, you know, kind of that safety valve underneath and, you know, kind of get that your consistent uh, catches, which, you know, the occasional TD thrown in here and there. Yeah, it's definitely shaping up to be a good offense, and Fuller has also had a problem staying healthy throughout his career. Now, people, some people will look and say, oh, well, you know, he only has one running back in the first seven rounds. I mean, I like the strategy. It's something I did the other day. I just feel like I'm not going to reach on a running back just to take one, and especially in this format where we have three receivers, two flex, and it's a PPR. When you have that top four running back, I essentially look at it like, all right, I just need to find one running back now and I'll take shots. Was that the philosophy and strategy that you had here with the way the draft board went for you? Um, definitely. I think it's on there. There's a lot of different strategies that work. I think the, the key is once you decide on a strategy early on, you kind of have to stay with it. So like in this one, you know, kind of went and decided to, Hey, let's, let's hit the receivers, you know, heavy and hard early on. And then you just, you know, if you do that, you kind of just have to then take a, number of flyers at that, you know, your RB2 spot later on and uh, to try to balance everything out. But Yeah, one of those flyers you took was Royce Freeman uh, in round eight. And, yeah, Philip Lindsay was really good last year. Freeman wasn't bad either when you look at some of the metrics. And Lindsay's coming off this wrist injury. Uh, what are your expectations for Freeman this year? Um, I like him. I, I, I think he showed, you know, once Lindsay was, got hurt at the end of last season, he had a couple of good games at the – end of the season. Um, same thing. I love his talent. I think coming out of the, the draft, he certainly, everyone's expecting him, you know, basically to put up Lindsay's numbers last year in Denver. So I guess I'm a bit skeptical on how much, you know, Lindsay could even hold up for another season. So I like his potential. 
Uh, you took Carlos Hyde in round nine. Are you a believer that Damian Williams can pick up where he left off last year and continue to have success? Or do you think there's a chance that Carlos Hyde can surpass him and maybe earn the bulk of the touches in that backfield? Uh, I think as long as Williams is healthy, he'll continue his success. Uh, it's just a matter of him staying healthy as on there. So I think Hyde here is more of a kind of a swing for the fences type pick. If Williams goes down, I think Hyde can put up some great numbers. If Williams stays healthy, you know, Hyde's probably, you know, a, maybe a flex play on a week-to-week basis, maybe. Now, if there's a off-season hype Hall of Fame, Devontae Parker has to be in it. I've been burned by him a <laughs> lot. Uh, we're hearing a n- more positive things about him. Now, the price to acquire him is cheap. You got him in round 13 as wide receiver 64. So we all know if he doesn't meet the expectations and looks to be mediocre again, it's an easy cut. But we do see Adam Gase is out, and maybe that was part of the issue. Uh, what are your expectations for Devontae Parker? Did any of the offseason hype you know, get you a little excited? Uh, do you just feel like, hey, when I look at the receivers in the, that round, there's talent there, and maybe it finally comes to the surface and translates to fantasy points? What was the thinking there with Devontae Parker? Uh, definitely much more the latter. I mean, I think he's got the the tools and the talent to have a good season. He just has never put it together, even when he's been healthy. I mean, he's been hurt a lot, which has been part of the problem, but even when he's healthy, he has not done anything. And I guess I looked at it more of at that point with the receivers on the board, he probably has more upside than a lot of the other guys were kind of taken around him. And as I kind of mentioned before, I'd rather take a guy that has, you know, a high ceiling and a very low floor than a guy that, you know, is just kind of kind of middling at that point for a potential standpoint. Now you see a lot of the players who are familiar in this format and that have experience and success wait on the quarterbacks. I mean, just look at the draft board. You see nine quarterbacks go in the first 12 rounds, and you wait till around 14 and 15 and get Jared Goff and Lamar Jackson. Why is it so important in this format to wait on the quarterbacks and do what you did in this draft? Uh, I think it just comes down to number of starting spots. You know, there's you only know, have the one quarterback, and you've got those, you know, five receivers and flex and or running back coming through there. So it's purely just a matter of numbers. And, and the quarterback that just isn't, I mean, well, some of the top guys are going to do a little bit better. I mean, there isn't enough of a of a break between them to kind of justify taking really. At least looking at this traffic, they did get to the point where, you know, it's hard to pass up Rodgers in the eighth round, Watson in the eighth round. So you know, I can't fault anyone for taking them there. But like I said, knowing another, the other ones when you've got, you know, Newton, Wilson, I mean, all these guys are falling to 12 or 13. It's hard to, you know, to take one of those other quarterbacks earlier. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will say exactly what you said. Oh, but Deshaun Watson in round eight, Aaron Rodgers in round eight, how can I pass that up? How how much discipline does it take for maybe an inexperienced player to, to wait it out? A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Like I said, it just looks at it of, hey, you know, my home league, you know, these guys are going second, third round, and realize like, oh, you know, I can't believe they fell to the eighth round. And like I said, it's very difficult to pass on. I and mean, you're like, you know, God, how can I pass on Rodgers in the eighth? And until so you look at and realize, oh, well, I can still get, you know, Ryan and Bree and all these other guys, you know, three rounds later. When you look at the squad that you put forth, and obviously you're in a lot of leagues, but what, what concerns you the most about this team heading into this season? Uh, definitely my running back. 
Definitely running backs. I mean, I got that. Yeah, I got the one stud, and then I've got kind of three or four guys that are, you know, kind of hope. So I'm definitely going to need to find a running back, too. Now, what is the advantage of drafting early? You do so many leagues across a few months. What do you find is the biggest advantage of drafting June, early July? Uh, it's the advantage and the disadvantage. You kind of get out there before some of the hype falls in. You know, when someone has a big preseason game. So you get all those guys much later. Uh, they had like Tyree Kill, you know, early in the month. He's going, you know, eighth, ninth round. He's already moved up to third, fourth round. So that's nice. This advantage you get is, you know, when a star gets hurt. Based on your recent years, where, where do you find you do better in the early drafts or the drafts uh, in Vegas uh, late August? Where do you find you've had most of your success with, with drafting at what point of the season? Probably later drafts when I'm to get closer to Vegas or definitely the, the better teams that I've uh, managed to put together. Certainly mid to late August for sure. Uh, real quickly before we let you go, uh, for people that want to jump into the high-stakes leagues and don't have much experience, what's a piece of advice you give them to make that adjustment? Uh, know the rules and try to gather as much information you can in terms of, you know, there's a lot of places out there that have draft boards and stuff like that. And, you know, take a look at those those ADPs because they're, they're very different than your home leagues. Know the rules. I say it all the time. I'm glad you said it as well. John Rozak, one of the top high-stakes players around. John, thanks a lot for the time. I appreciate you joining me today. All right. Thanks, Adam. All right. Good luck this season. When we return, we'll wrap it up with baseball news and lineups for tonight. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today.
The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 immediately. That's 800-955-3793. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-3793 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-3793. That's 800-955-3793. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 for your free author submission kit. Back here, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here on a Wednesday afternoon as we get set for July 4th tomorrow. A little extended weekend for people, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if you have some time, head on over to fulltimefantasy.com as we get you set for the fantasy football season. In-depth team previews from Sean Childs as latest as a look at the Rams. I got my fantasy baseball stock watch as well as a couple of draft recaps looking at the FSGA draft that I was in as well as the online championship draft that I was just talking about with John Rozak. We had him and John Path, a.k.a. Truck. They were two participants in them. So we're going to have a lot of our participants on the show to kind of talk about it and give you a glimpse into the high stakes league. So if you want to become a member today at Full Time Fantasy, use the promo code RONUS50, get you 50% off your first two months. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code grid and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Chargers minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Only one afternoon game today as uh, 
it's a doubleheader between the White Sox and the Tigers. Uh, so we'll get to some of the early goings on in that game in just a little bit. But I want to get you lineups for tonight. Uh, by the way, the A's have activated Blake Trinan from the injured list. So he'll be back tonight if they need him. He missed two weeks with that shoulder strain. So we'll see. My guess is they put him right back in the closer role now. I, I knew that he would potentially close this week or come back. Uh, and I did pick up Liam Hendricks in Tout Wars where I really need a second closer right now. Got Roberto Osuna. I've kind of just been piecing it together. So I left Hendricks in the lineup this week. It's a weekly league. Now, he did get me a save yesterday. So uh, I guess a lot will depend on uh, what happens to Trinan this week if he gets in a game. Um, but I would hold on to Liam Hendricks for now. I wouldn't cut him immediately. Let's see Trinan get through a game or two. Let's see him go back to back. Hendricks has been really good. He was actually just named the American League Reliever of the Month. 15 innings, 22 strikeouts in the month of June. So I'd hold on to him for now. And and maybe even through the All-Star break, you know, just to see if Trinan is over the shoulder injury and to see how he pitches. All right, let's take a look at some lineups for today. This is a 6.05 p.m. Eastern start. The Marlins in Washington. Sandy Alcantara against Steven Strasburg for the Marlins. Miguel Rojas leads it off at shortstop. Harold Ramirez is in right field hitting second. Garrett Cooper is at first base hitting third. Neil Walker's at third base hitting cleanup. Starling Castro's at second base hitting fifth. Curtis Granderson in left field batting sixth. JT Riddles in center field hitting seventh. Brian Holiday, the catcher, hitting eighth, and Alcantara on the mound, batting ninth. For the Nationals, Trey Turner leads it off at shortstop. Adam Eaton's in right field, hitting second. Anthony Rendon's at third base, hitting third. Juan Soto in left field, hitting cleanup. He homered yesterday. He got off to a little bit of a slow start this year, but he's really picked it up and lived up to those expectations we expected from him. Matt Adams at first base, hitting fifth. Brian Dozier back in the lineup today. He's at second base, hitting sixth. Victor Robles in center field hitting seventh. Jan Gomes, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Steven Strasburg on the mound for the Nationals, batting ninth. Cubs in Pittsburgh. It'll be Hugh Darvish against Chris Archer. There was some question as to whether he would start, but it looks like he'll go. Adam Frazier, who's been on fire the last few days, he's at second base leading it off. Corey Dickerson's in left field hitting second. Starling Marte in center field hitting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting cleanup. Melky Cabrera is in right field hitting fifth. Colin Moran at third base hitting sixth. Kevin Newman's at shortstop hitting seventh. Stallings behind the plate hitting eighth. And Archer on the mound batting ninth. The Red Sox in Toronto. It'll be Chris Sale against Wagas Pack. And for the Red Sox, Mookie Betts leads it off in right field. Raphael Devers at third base hitting second. Xander Bogarts, who was just uh, named to the All-Star team, he's the shortstop hitting third. J.D. Martinez, the D.H. hitting cleanup. Andrew Benintendi in left field hitting fifth. Christian Vasquez behind the plate hitting sixth. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field hitting seventh. Michael Chavis at first base hitting eighth. And Brock Holt at second base hitting ninth. The Brewers in Cincinnati. Jules Chassin against Sonny Gray. For the Reds, Jesse Winker leads it off playing center field. Joey Vados at first base hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting third. Scooter Jeanette at second base hitting cleanup. Yasiel Puig in right field hitting fifth. Derek Dietrich in left field hitting sixth. Jose Iglesias at shortstop hitting seventh. Kirk Casale behind the plate hitting eighth. And Sonny Gray on the mound batting ninth. The Orioles in Tampa Bay. It'll be John Means against Ryan Stanek. Looks like this is going to be pretty much a bullpen game. 
for the Rays uh, today. Uh, for the Orioles, Jonathan Villar leads it off playing shortstop. Trey Mancini in right field hitting second. Chance Sisko behind the plate hitting third. Renato Nunez at the DH spot hitting cleanup. Dwight Smith Jr. in left field hitting fifth. Hanser Alberto at second base hitting sixth. Chris Davis, who homered yesterday at first base hitting seventh. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting eighth. And Keenan Broxton in center field hitting ninth. For the Rays, Travis Darno leads it off playing first base. G-Man Choi was placed on the injured list uh, for the Rays as well. Also, Brandon Lau uh, got hurt yesterday. He's not in the lineup today either. Tommy Pham's in left field batting second. Yandy Diaz at third base hitting third. Avisail Garcia is the DH hitting cleanup. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting fifth. Brousseau, who was just called up, he's at second base hitting sixth. Mike Zunino's the catcher hitting seventh. Joey Wendell, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And uh, Heredia in right field batting ninth. So Austin Meadows also goes to the bench against the left-handed pitcher. Uh, the final Subway Series game as the Mets beat the Yankees 4-2 to yesterday. It was the first time in 31 games the Yankees did not hit a home run. The Yankees will activate Domingo Herman off the injury list, so he'll take the mound against Jason Vargas, who pitched well against the Yankees last time at Yankee Stadium. For the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu leads it off playing first base. Aaron Judge in right field batting second. Gary Sanchez, the catcher, hitting third. Aaron Hicks in center field hitting cleanup. Glaber Torres at second base hitting fifth. Didi Gregorius at shortstop hitting sixth. Gio Ursula at third base hitting seventh. Brett Gardner in left field hitting eighth. And Herman on the mound batting ninth. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil, who will go to the All-Star game. He's in right field leading it off. Pete Alonso also going to the All-Star game at first base hitting second. Robinson Cano will have to buy a ticket to the All-Star game because he has been that bad. And once again, he's hitting third. No idea why. Uh, he's playing second base, hitting third for the Mets today. Michael Conforto's in center field, hitting cleanup as he had a big hit yesterday, put the Mets ahead as they rallied off the Yankees' bullpen in the eighth inning. Todd Frazier's at third base, hitting fifth. Dominic Smith in left field, hitting sixth. Wilson Ramos, the catcher, hitting seventh. The Med Rosario at shortstop, hitting eighth. And on the mound, Jason Vargas batting ninth. The Phillies in Atlanta. It'll be Nick Pavetta against Bryce Wilson. Pavetta originally was going to have a two-start week. That didn't happen as they put Nola yesterday. Nola will have the two-start week. So uh, Pavetta gets a tough start in Atlanta in his lone start of the week. Scott Kingery leads it off playing center field for the Phillies. Gene Segura is at shortstop hitting second. Bryce Harper's in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Romuto at catcher hitting fifth. Jay Bruce in left field hitting sixth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting seventh. Mikel Franco at third base hitting eighth. And Pavetta on the mound batting ninth. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna leads it off playing center field. Dansby Swanson at shortstop hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Josh Donaldson at third base hitting cleanup. Nick Markakis in right field hitting fifth. Austin Riley in left field hitting sixth. Ozzy Albies at second base, hitting seventh. Tyler Flowers behind the plate, batting eighth. And Bryce Wilson on the mound for the Braves as he will bat ninth tonight uh, in uh, a game where the two teams are battling uh, for the NL East division. Uh, the Angels, they're in Texas. It'll be Griffin Canning, who's really had a good year. I mean, a lot of pitchers that have been picked up off the waiver at Ryer have struggled. Uh, but Canning has done a really nice job and added earlier in the year, and that's the benefit when you go out and spend some of that fab early on, and the guy does hit. 
it really is a big boost, and uh, Canning has done that. Ariel Hurado pitching for Texas tonight. Uh, obviously, the White Sox and Tigers playing right now, game one of a do- doubleheader. Uh, they'll have another game tonight about at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. Alexander on the mound for the Tigers. Ross Detweiler for the White Sox. Yeah, you guys are really excited for that pitching matchup. The Astros are in Coors Field. Uh, a very high-scoring game yesterday, 9-8. to eight. Today, it'll be Wade Miley against Peter Lambert, the rookie right-hander. For the Astros, George Springer leads it off playing center field. Jose Altuve is at second base hitting second. Alex Bregman at shortstop hitting third. Michael Brantley in left field hitting cleanup. Yuli Gurriel at third base hitting fifth. Josh Reddick in right field hitting sixth. Robinson Chirinos, the catcher, hitting seventh. Tyler White at first base hitting eighth. And Wade Miley on the mound batting ninth. If you're wondering where is Jordan Alvarez, the Astros said early in the week he would not play either game at Coors Field. He was a little banged up, but also defensively. Uh, he's not that good defensively, so uh, he should be back in there. Uh, over the weekend for the Rockies, Charlie Blackman leads it off playing right field. Trevor Story, who was activated off the injury list yesterday. He's at shortstop batting second. Nolan Arenado, the third baseman, hitting third. David Dahls in left field hitting cleanup. Ian Desmond in center field batting fifth. Daniel Murphy in there against the left-hander, so that's a good sign. You know, Murphy was sitting against some lefties. And uh, we'd like to see Murphy have a big second half. Do have him uh, in a couple leagues, uh, including Tout Wars. Chris Iannetta is at catcher hitting seventh. Ryan McMahon at second base hitting eighth. And Lambert on the mound batting ninth. The Indians in Kansas City. Mike Clevenger, who came off the injured list on Friday and was absolutely battered. Hopefully he has a better start this time against Kansas City. He'll take on Danny Duffy. The lineup for the Royals. Whit Merrifield leads it off from right field. Adalberto Montesi at shortstop hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field hitting third. Hunter Dozier, the third baseman, hitting cleanup. Jorge Soler, the DH, hitting fifth. Lucas Duda at first base, hitting sixth. Martin Maldonado, a catcher, hitting seventh. Nicky Lopez at second base, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field, batting ninth. Twins in Oakland. Kyle Gibson against Mike Fires for the Twins. Max Kepler leads it off, playing right field. Mitch Garver is the catcher, hitting second. Marwin Gonzalez, the DH, hitting third. So Nelson Cruz gets the day off. Uh, C.J. Crone at first base hitting cleanup. Luis Arez uh, in left field hitting fifth. Miguel Sano, who homered yesterday, uh, he's been coming on a little bit lately. He is at third base hitting sixth. Ira Adrianza at shortstop hitting seventh. So Jorge Polanco gets the day off. Jonathan Scope at second base hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field hitting ninth for the Twins. The Giants in San Diego. It'll be Sean Anderson against Cal Quantrill. And for the Cardinals, uh, they'll be in Seattle. Adam Wainwright against Mike Leake. And the Diamondbacks, after a terrible loss yesterday, they were down to their final strike. One strike away from winning. Greg Holland walked four consecutive hitters. He was taken out. And uh, Cody Bellinger walked with the bases loaded to secure the victory for the Dodgers tonight. Merrill Kelly will take them out against Walker Bueller of the Dodgers. So, it's weird on a Wednesday afternoon to have one-day baseball game, but there will be quite a few day games tomorrow for July 4th, although a lot of teams are off tomorrow for July 4th, which is also kind of odd. But the one game this afternoon, we do have the White Sox. Uh, they lead the Tigers right now 4-3 in the top of the sixth inning. There is two outs in the top of the sixth. The story here today is the debut of Dylan Cease. He was called up, one of their top pitching prospects, and 
it was an up and down start for him. He did have struggle fi- struggles finding the strike zone. Hit two batter, hit a batter, and walked two in the first inning after getting the first two outs easy. But he did settle down, and a decent start. Five innings, four hits, three on runs, four walks, six Ks, 101 pitches, 61 for strikes. You know, you hope for better against the Tigers. The indication was he would stick in the rotation. He is in line for the win if the bullpen can hold it. So, uh, you know, you did see some of the issues that did plague him at the minor league level, though. You know, walks were a problem for him, and uh, it was today, too. Uh, the command, especially in that first inning, was uh, a little erratic, but did settle down. Jose Abreu, two for three with a run scored in this game. And uh, Marshall has taken over, and he gets the side in order in the sixth inning. So they head to the bottom of the sixth. Uh, for Detroit, two hits for Castro. He's driven in two. And uh, Nicholas Castellanos, uh, one for two with a run score and a walk. Heimer Candelario with a home run, just his third of the season. Daniel Norris, five innings, eight hits, four runs, a walk, and two Ks for the Tigers this afternoon. I uh, hope everyone enjoys July 4th and the next few days ahead. Hopefully you got some time off of work. You can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Become a member now. Use the promo code RONUS50 to get 50% off your first two months. And jump in a draft this weekend. Play ffwc.com. we got an online championship draft tonight, best ball drafts, and a lot more. Enjoy the holiday weekend. We'll be back Monday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.